Welcome into Patriot Sports. This is Will Dunnan. We got Nick Truchel. Respin it in the house as per usual. Guys, how was the weekend? The weekend was good. We had a lot of football to watch. College football week zero and some NFL preseason to uh, wrap it up before the real deal starts. It was it was fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great weekend for me. I uh, had a birthday on Friday and then Happy got birthday. to watch some. Uh, thank you very much. Got to watch some college football for my birthday. Um, I hit my Jordan year, so I'm excited for this year and this podcast. Good to know. I had an awful weekend. So <laughs> what what happened? In case you didn't see, uh, first game of the year, kick off the entire college football season, noon. I mean, it's it was all in the I, air. The, the biggest the biggest game of the weekend. Biggest game. We of the talked weekend. about it a lot last week. By far, by far the best game of the weekend too. So there, let's let's talk about. There were a few other games besides Nebraska Illinois. You had a UCLA Hawaii. That was ugly. I thought that was going to be electric, and that turned out to be terrible. Well, I mean, and there was like nobody even at that game. Yeah, I saw the overhead picture, and there was like. 13 people in the Dude, stands. that sucked. I kind of hated seeing that. But UCLA also, ran all over Hawaii. And I, I thought know. UCLA looked like solid. I like DTR. I like that quarterback. I think he can play pretty well. Yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see them against LSU just to yeah. see kind of what they do. But on top of that, Hawaii was just so bad. Yeah, I know. I didn't think they were going to be that bad this year. That's what I remember. I was. It is week one. I was. Yeah, I was looking on Twitter and seeing someone basically say, "Yeah, UCLA is playing okay, but Hawaii is just really bad." And flipping it on and seeing DTR just toss a bomb, and it was a good throw. But at the yeah. same time, there was like two Hawaii guys just Nobody whiffing was on the tackle, close. like. Oh, it was bad. I mean, honestly, when has Hawaii ever been like oh. a powerhouse? Cole Brennan. R.I.P. R.I.P. They have the... I do like how they have the... Uh, they got the Hawaii with the number 15 on it. Yeah. He was so awesome. He was. He was the first guy... I think... Did he set the record? Didn't he throw over 5,000 yards or he something? He did. He did. Was yeah, sweet. he was insane. He had, like, so much quarterback swag, too. Yeah, Like, the visor and, like... Visor oh, in, the, awesome. in the all-black jersey with the yeah. bleached hair. Oh, Nah, Damn, cool. big RIP. But yeah, Hawaii. I don't. I mean, since Cole Brennan, they've you know nobody ever really thinks about Hawaii as a powerhouse. So no, not quite. Okay, so I'm just gonna dive right into Nebraska Illinois. I was super excited for this game. I picked Nebraska to cover. Said it last week, so I'm now 0 one on my gambling picks. Really thought it was gonna happen. And the funny thing about it is. So we open up this game. Kind of Nebraska's defense looks really good yeah, starting looks off. Great. Gets a few sacks. Uh, hit Brandon Peters hard and knocked him out of the game. So their backup quarterback comes in, and you're thinking, okay, this, this guy. Game's over. I see his yeah. stat line in his career: eight touchdowns, twenty picks. Okay, cool. This guy's gonna throw it to us. The guy from Rutgers. Yep, transfer yeah. from Rutgers. Who, ironically enough. Nebraska's old backup quarterback, Noah Vedrill, who is Adrian Martinez's backup, is the starter at Rutgers. So that means that this guy was the backup to Adrian Martinez's backup, just for some, uh, just to throw that in there. That's bad. That's backupception. But it could be Brett Bielema. He might be back. Well, so here's the thing. Let me, let me just go through the game real quick. So Nebraska looks all right on defense. They sputter on offense, but the punter kind of, the punter on Illinois played out of this world. He put one right on the one, and we didn't really get anything going. Then he punts it, and one of our be- probably our best player on the team, Cam Taylor Britt, who's graded super high, going to be an NFL guy. I thought he might leave last year. Catches the punt on like the one yard line, which is just the one of the cardinal dumbest. sin. Yeah. You never do that. You don't catch a punt if it's inside the five. You know. Like, yeah, you don't even get near. You it. don't even get near it. He goes into, I don't even know what he was thinking, catches it, falls down, and is getting tackled. And they call it, that, uh, that was the safety. Yeah. But then, before anyone even knew it was a safety right away, he tries to throw the ball forward, which, which is a penalty. It, yeah. And, yeah, just a complete bonehead play all the way through. Anyway, Nebraska kind of gets it going a little bit. They score a touchdown, miss an extra point. Okay, whatever. Then they go down. Uh, Illinois on offense. They throw. I think Nebraska actually went up nine to two, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, they went up nine that to two. Right. And Illinois throws a pick, but it gets called back. Caleb Tanner on Nebraska, I guess, drove the quarterback into the ground. They called that rough in the passer, which was kind of a soft call in my opinion. 
But anyway, when that pick happened, I'm thinking, sweet, we're going to go up 16-2, to blow the doors wide open. But no, flag, they go down, score. It turns into a 28 nothing run for Illinois. Yeah. And eventually, and the during that twenty-eight nothing run, right before halftime, Adrian Martinez fumbles, fumble six for Illinois with like, I mean, we should have. What was that? Twenty seconds left. I was literally, left? yeah, maybe less than a minute, maybe right at a minute. But I was literally thinking we should just maybe run the clock out and go to halftime. Like we don't, we're not looking like we're in sync or anything. And then that happens, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was in awe because I was thinking something like that might happen in typical Nebraska fashion, just shooting ourselves in the foot. Anyway, they get to the second half. They kind of come back a little bit before, well, starting off the half, Bielema does Bielema ball, and he pounds the rock and does an eight-minute drive to just really yeah. kind of grind you out. And Nebraska kind of came back and had a chance at the end, but I remember watching that second half and just thinking the whole time, and I've never had this thought before, Watching us, even as we score a touchdown, score two touchdowns, I was just thinking, there's no way we win this game because we're just, it, it's not there. The way these guys are playing and the way we look, we just looked snake bit. And that's what it was. I mean, Frost really, I had a tough time. I'm going to have a tough time defending him anymore. And I'm not saying I'm giving up on him because it's not the same as I, the way I relate it. When Butch Jones was at Tennessee and started doing bad, fans were cheering for him to lose. I would say, don't you think? Yeah, but I mean, if you start comparing him to Butch Jones, like no, and I'm not, I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying the difference in me with Scott Frost and tennis and, and Nebraska fans with Scott Frost and Tennessee fans with just a guy like Butch Jones. Or yeah, you're a little coach, more ruthless. Well, it's not even that. It's Scott Frost is a guy who won you a national championship and is from Nebraska and is a Nebraska guy. Like you care. Like I want to see him yeah. succeed still. So it's a weird situation. It's kind of like Phil Fulmer being AD. How we yeah, just let we just let him retire rather than fire. Yeah, you kind of yeah, push they, him they out. gave him that. They retired. gave him that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it's kind of one of those things where, I mean, we know we knew he had run his course. The experiment went terrible, and we were you can't fire Philip Fulmer from Tennessee. Or, I mean, I guess you can. We did, didn't we? Essentially, yeah, yeah, has to step down as yeah. a coach and then but, as a yeah. AD. But so. AD, he got to formally resign. So, but yes, back to Scott Frost. I'm just saying, Illinois is an interesting team because, while obviously I think Nebraska was better and they lost that game, give Illinois credit; they pounded the rock a couple times and Bielema played Bielema ball. He just grinded it out and controlled the clock. But I just think that. Illinois looks like they may end up being a bowl team, so technically you could spin that as not necessarily a bad loss, but now Scott Frost is going to have to pick up a win somewhere else that people wouldn't have expected necessarily, or pick up a game you're not going to be favored in. Yeah, I'm The first one that comes to mind is maybe a Michigan. You go up against Northwestern, Michigan State, Purdue. You kind of think, okay, those are games we can go in and win. Michigan, although they had a bad year last year, you kind of look at that as a, I don't know if we can win that. That's kind of the game I think he's going to have to try and pick up to make up yeah. for this loss if they still want to go to a bowl game. Because if he still goes to a bowl game, people kind of forget about this, you know? And they have a tune-up game this next week in Fordham, and then they play yeah. Buffalo before I mean, they get trounced by Oklahoma the next week. But once you get into Big Ten play, can you win four games? You know, can you go, I guess, would you go four and four in the conference? Yeah, yeah. that would be the goal. Or I four mean, and five. Pruitt lost to Georgia State and BYU, and then <laughs> oh, we, fin- we finished with eight wins. I know, so eight hey, wins, maybe, and the bowl happen. victory, one of the craziest bowl victories I've ever seen. Too required an onside kick working, but that was insane. Yeah, and it, it sucks for Nebraska because week zero, there's several games, but this Nebraska versus Illinois, that's the one everybody had their eye on. You know, Scott, right, it was the Scott, first one, and it was yeah. two legit pro. Like, obviously, neither of them are great, but yeah. two legit programs that are. Yeah, it's Big Ten football. Right, first week, it's on Fox, but like it, you know, the thing about Week Zero is, if you lose, you can't hide it. And this is a bad loss for Nebraska, bad loss for Scott Frost, and it just it kind of makes you wish that you still had Bo Pelini win, winning nine games every year. 
Yeah, uh, that's a good point. You brought that up. So hot seat, Scott Frost. So the, okay, so let's let's talk a couple different different things on that. So Nebraska, not only was it the game with the most eyes on it, but also Nebraska is still Nebraska. Although they've been bad, they still have that national brand. So people will pay attention. That's why this story about Scott Frost is still you know relevant because he's the prodigal son coming home to a once great program trying to get it back on track and he's not. So that also added to kind of everyone just piling on and it's hard to defend it now. Um, what did you just say about Scott Frost? I'm saying he's on the hot seat. I think he's going after this year. If he doesn't go to a bowl game for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough, dude, when he's got so much. And I feel like, you know, I'm not a Nebraska like, I don't know too much about it or anything, but I feel like the way you talk, the whole fan base is behind him. And they want Nebraska to just do well, and they want him, Scott Frost, to like take this program where they think that he can take it. I mean, it, it's just tough to see a team that seems more talented than Illinois play a bad game and just take a bad loss in the first week when everyone is watching. And now he's got to spend the rest of the season playing catch-up or his job is no more. Yeah, I agree. And it's sad. I hate it. Um, also, it's funny to hear this is just – I saw some ten- – obviously, I follow a ton of Tennessee fans and a ton of Nebraska fans on Twitter. So seeing Tennessee fans who don't care about Nebraska, seeing their, them interact with – Oh yeah, it was all on. over Twitter. It was People hilarious. Well, and it was Twitter. some of it was just trash being talked. Some of it was welcome to the seat, Nebraska. So yeah. come, come have a seat next to us. And then I, I thought what was funny, and you brought this up, and multiple people did. A lot of people wanted to compare Adrian Martinez and Garantano. And so what I wanted to touch on, I I get the comparison because you see Adrian he. He fumbles in the worst moments possible. Yeah. Uh, Big Cat on Barstool literally brought that up. He said, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback who, in a super tight game situation or in the worst situation, just is like, oh, this would be a bad time to fumble. And then, (laughs) oh, here I go. (laughs) Oops. So, so, yeah, exactly. I I get that because the the only thing Adrian Martinez does, and this is what you're going to get with him, and I've accepted it. He's going to give you that 75-yard touchdown run every now and then along with yeah. those fumbles, and he's going to give you – people were he, – he did only complete 50% of his passes, so not good. But then you see, like, Flashes. him in the back – you see him in the back of the pocket about to get tackled, and he just sidearm flick of the wrist 46 it, yards on the money. But then he's overthrowing guys in the end zone on an easy fade route that seriously one of us could have thrown. I mean, that's how wide open the guy was. We yeah. could have yeah. just, like, underhanded it to him. And he's he just puts a little too much zip it's, on it. It's and, it's kind of like the NFL version of Jameis Winston, or it's the college football version of Jameis Winston on the Buccaneers. He can have these incredible games where he'll launch a seventy-five yard pass, but then the next drive he's got an easy tight end that's open down the seam, and he throws it right into the linebacker's face. Yeah, exactly. he's got all the talent in the world, but he's just a doofus sometimes. Yeah, and I think one thing he always does is he loves throwing off his back foot, and you're just and it just never works. It doing, never man? works unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Like that doesn't work. Well, and so it's funny how similar Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost are in their current positions. Because Adrian is a guy as a Nebraska fan, I do I like him because I I hear how he speaks. I see him as a captain and a leader. And he's such a good guy that you want to root for him. And then he just kind of does. And you see flashes. You see flashes of what he could be, but then he kind of screws up. And that's that's one thing I would kind of disagree with on the Garantano comparison. Is I never liked Garantano. He was. I always thought he was kind of a punk and wasn't much of a leader. Adrian's a guy. It's like I want to cheer for him the same way I want to cheer for Scott Frost. But I mean, the rest of the season, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I see wins possibly, but they are. I mean, now it's now you're really you're, you're really behind the, the eight ball. Yeah, you're, you're behind, behind the eight ball. And like this team is on the hot seat. You gotta oh, you gotta yeah. get something going because ideally you'll get two wins. Then you gotta play Oklahoma. There's a loss. So when you get into Big Ten play, you have to turn what you just had in this Illinois game. You have to flip flop those because all the rest of the Big Ten games outside of Ohio State are probably going to be like this. They're going to be nasty Big Ten games 
where you have a chance at winning, and it's whoever turns the ball over the most is going to lose. You know, so it'll be interesting. There's my Husker rant. We can move on to something else. Well, I had one more thing. I'm just curious to hear your perspective. Do you think that Nebraska's problem right now is a Scott Frost problem, or do you think it's a Nebraska problem? Because this day and age when you've got teams like Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Oregon, like all these cool schools, and they've got all the the big money and you know the flair and whatever else, like it seems hard to... Now, NIL might change this. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but do you, it seems hard to, to recruit. interpret. Yeah, not, excuse me. To recruit kids to come, hey, you want to play big time college football and have a fun time in college? Come to Lincoln, Nebraska. No, I agree. Well, and it's not it's not Disney World, Will, so. So, I will. <laughs> the one thing about NIL I will say real quick is Nebraska is the only show in town in the state of Nebraska. In Nebraska, yeah, they own the state. So. NIL will probably benefit Nebraska more than most schools. However, you're correct in the rec- there's there's two sides to this. So you're correct that you know yeah, especially we had multiple top 100 or uh, four star recruits that we had committed coming from Miami, South Florida. You know, like DBs or something. Yeah, going to be skill really guys. Ex- skill guys that we were really excited about. They get there, and I don't even one of them transferred. In spring practice, as an early enrollee, the next one transferred before the season even started because it's such a culture change. It really is. And yeah. Nebraska, kind of like Tennessee, Tennessee has the SEC, so they have that pull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee and Nebraska are both kind of recruiting off of look at this Their fan base history. Yeah. You know, we have won championships, we have all these cool facilities. You know, and they have money being poured into the program, so that's why Nebraska's even being able to stay afloat because they are getting top twenty-five recruiting classes, and that's the okay. other side. So, when I see them getting top twenty-five recruiting classes and seeing the athletes we have, and even some of the in-state guys we get playing an Illinois or a Purdue or a Northwestern, I mean, don't get me wrong, Pat Fitzgerald I think is one of the better coaches in college football, and he's able to continue to win at a high level for Northwestern with much less talent. So when I see Nebraska having more talent than at least Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, I want to see them at least be up there with the Iowas and Minnesotas, yeah. right? And I don't think that's actually got to be more much. competitive if you have the pedigree and, you know, those top 25 recruiting classes if you're Nebraska. I just don't think it's crazy to if Iowa can do it. Nebraska, Nebraska should be able to do so, it yeah. and do better. So is it? I mean, I mean, it might be a coaching problem. That's what. That's what I'm. And a preparation problem. That's why I can't. I can't defend this staff anymore. I'm cheering for them. I want to see them do good, and I hope they turn it around. But I can't. I have it's nothing to. Over. I mean, I. We're all watching the same game. We're watching them lose to teams with less talent and get out coached. I mean, Brett Bielema out coached him. Honestly, I mean, you have the. Execution by the players, where right. we did shoot ourselves in the foot, but Bielema controlled that clock. Yeah, and I mean, you can't just like chalk it up as, oh my gosh, they lost to Illinois. What? That's crazy. Brett Bielema, I mean, he's won the Big Ten before, so he's not a bad coach. Yeah, it, it was. I, I hate was to say it, but like Scott Frost probably just got out coached. No, he probably did. And I'll touch on this real quick. So you mentioned Bo Pelini, and the other big one when Nebraska. So you had Tom Osborne win the national championships. Then when he retired, Frank Solich took over, won nine, eleven games. I think he finished a year around seven and seven or seven and six or something and got fired. So that was another one that was similar to Bo Pelini. Why is Nebraska firing these guys that win nine games? In Bo Pelini's case, nine games, ten games. The problem with those guys, I'll start with Bo. Bo had a real problem with the media and with the fan base. Super hothead, had a problem with the refs. And Bo was a guy who went to the Big Ten Championship and played Brett Bielema and let him hang 70 on him when Brett Bielema all he did was run jet sweeps. And (laughs) I like – no, seriously. He had his third-string quarterback in on one leg and was just handing the ball off, and we couldn't stop it somehow. That's a coaching problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I I actually kind of like Bo because he's just kind of a football guy who knows everything. But neither him nor Frank Solich were fired because of lack of winning games. They were fired because of 
Bo was fired by the way he interacted with the media and the fan base. You know, players loved him. Huge players coach, but definitely kind of acted oh, as if it was an him. us versus them mentality, as in an mm-hmm. us versus the fan base. And sometimes, yeah. you know, they're they don't want to see you succeed, which was just obviously not true. And then Solich was one where, you know, there were rumors of a drinking problem and something with a with a booster's daughter type thing. Bonk. Yeah. So weird stuff there. So anytime anyone brings that up, I just have to remind them that was not the reason those guys were fired because there was a lot more to it, obviously. Yeah. But there's the rant. I hope I hope the Huskers can kind of turn it around. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a long season. It's a long season. Well, so we're, we're pulling for you. Why don't uh, we will make fun of you if it gets worse? Oh yeah, and I'll be ready to take it. Why don't uh, before we get into the NFL here? Why don't we talk a little bit about college football coming up this week? Because we have a lot of really good games on the slate here. I think there's 19 ranked teams or ranked games with a ranked team playing in them. 19 different ones. Dude, it's heating up. That's the beautiful part of it. We're gonna have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All game like Thursday, you got a couple good games. Friday, you've got some good games. That's what I love when you start getting yeah, more Thursday, matches. Friday, and Saturday. Thursday, what you got Tennessee and Bowling Green. You got UCF and Boise State, which will probably be the that's the big game that night. That'll Ohio be Ohio State, Minnesota. That won't be right. No, that's gonna be a good game because you have C.J. Stroud, who you don't know what he's gonna do. And then Friday, we obviously have North Carolina, Virginia Tech, which is going to be a big one. And then Saturday, Penn State, Wisconsin is going to be a big one. Oregon, Fresno State, Alabama, Miami. Uh, Texas and UL should be pretty good. That's Louisiana. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Louisiana could win that game. Oh, I would love that. I don't want that stupid, dirty school in Austin to win anything. And then we, what about uh, a bunch of frauds? Really, the biggest game I'd imagine everyone's looking at is Clemson, Georgia. Right? No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's definitely the biggest game. DJ Uyunglele. What's interesting about the Clemson, Georgia game is it can go both ways, right? That could really improve their resume, or I think it could honestly have no effect if they lose. Yeah, because either team that loses, won't play that team again unless it's in the playoffs. So, basically, if you lose that well, game, it'll be, a non, out. it'll be a non-conference loss to a top five. Yeah, yeah, and at the beginning so, of the season. So, at the end of the season, everybody's like, ah, you know, that was that was week one. Right. And you Look at what they've do done it. since. They've won out and, you know, won their conference championship maybe. so You lose and you control your own destiny. Yeah. So, that's what's crazy about it. But then also, what could really help is if, say – Georgia beats Clemson, say they lose two games, or they lose the SEC championship, and that's their one loss. They lose to Bama. Say they lose to Bama in the SEC championship. Or say they they lose a game or two and don't make it to the SEC championship, but they have that big Clemson win. Well, it depends on on if Clemson then wins out. Because think about when Bama went and they didn't even go to the SEC championship. Those, they beat that's Georgia true. in the national championship. Yeah, because Auburn, yeah, Auburn uh, beat them that year, didn't they? And then Auburn lost yeah. to Georgia. Because Auburn had beaten Georgia and, and Alabama in the regular season then got crushed by Georgia in the SEC championship. Yeah. I just think that would be interesting to think about. I don't know what Georgia's schedule looks like. They'd have to have some really good players uh, – or, I mean, play some really good teams to kind of make that a possibility. I just thought that was something interesting. Or if Clemson, say Clemson beats Georgia, well, and then loses to North Carolina, honestly. Yeah. It'll, it would be interesting to see if a one-loss Clemson team that lost the ACC to North Carolina would have a chance of getting in. And honestly, whoever wins that Georgia-Clemson game, I think will control solely control the number one spot after week one. I mean, yeah. you could put Alabama up there, but those two teams going at it, like... Say it's a blowout and Georgia wins, I would think they bounce up to number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If no, it's a blowout. So. Yeah. But that's going to be tough. And I'm interested to see this Alabama-Miami game. Oh, yeah, I am too. I mean, it's an 18.5-point spread. I, I really do think that's a little high. You're a big Derek I mean, King guy. I think so Miami is not that good. 
It'll be interesting. I think Alabama's coach. Is Mark Rick still the coach down in Miami? No. No? No, who's the coach? I thought he was. was I don't know. Anyways, I mean. Didn't he have health problems or something? I'm not sure. I don't think he's there anymore, though. Urban Meyer does. But Miami, I mean, they're not that good, but. It's Manny weird. Diaz. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Manny but I mean, Diaz. It's, it is week one. That's kind of where I'm sitting on. And I know it, it's, it, I mean, Nick Saban's famous for just crushing teams in week well, one. Well, I mean, yeah. USC, but I mean, Michigan. But Derek King is a player that. He's pretty good. He can at least, you know, he run around and up at Houston. Fits. So, yeah. And, and, I mean, Alabama lost a bunch of incredible players that were on that championship team. So, right, obviously, yeah. they have these. They, Four and five so star staff, guys though. just sitting, waiting for their moment, and you know, it's it's kind of you know they got to prove it. They got to prove it. They've got Bryce Young starting his like first game ever, so we'll see. I mean, I think sometimes we may give Alabama too much credit, but it's because they've shut our mouth so many other times. Well, that's the thing. We have no reason to believe that Alabama will not come yeah. out with yeah. a brand new roster and yeah. just dominate because they continue. They to do, do it every, every year. year. But Even love, with the coaching changes and the player players going to the NFL and all that stuff. I love to think there's a chance, though. Oh, yeah, that makes it fun. <laughs> we, want, we want a chance. Yeah, that's that's what we like. a chance. Saban retires tomorrow. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have. I mean, I just think if Miami came out and just gave them a game, the yeah. whole college football fan base would be That's football, nuts. baby. Yeah. They would love it. It would be awesome to turn that into a game. And at least it is... At least it's a big name matchup. Regardless, it gets yeah. you excited to watch something mm-hmm. for that day. What's the other big game that day? Well, there's also uh, one that we kind of skipped over was Indiana Iowa, a big Big Ten, both top. A lot of these teams, my my dark these, horse team. All these Big Ten teams, Indiana, you know, yeah, playing each other week one. I love. I mean, the week one slate. Oh, awesome. yeah, and I I just looked at this one: Penn State, Wisconsin. Yeah. If you're a Big Ten football fan, that is that is prime Big Ten football right there. And then, I mean, gonna, we also have it's gonna a be like, Sunday and Monday game, too. So nope. we have five straight days of football. Oh. You got beautiful. Sunday, number nine, Notre Dame, traveling down to uh, Tallahassee in uh, yeah. Florida State. And then we have Louisville going down to Mississippi to play Ole Miss on Monday. So really, every single night, there's at least a good game to watch. That's the thing. Even Thank God. It'll be interesting because Notre Dame – should crush Florida State, right? But it's still Florida State, yeah. You know, in Tallahassee. I mean, I'm not saying they have to <laughs> or anything. That's not saying yet. much these days. But it's just, but it, that's not big, a gimme. It's not a big gimme. Big game. matchups is still just fun to see, and it's honestly interesting to see these big name teams that are so down in the dumps just see how far they plummeted. Florida State, yeah. They, I mean, and they were good more recently than. A team like Very Nebraska recently. or Tennessee, like they, I mean, they won a national championship. 2013, yeah. Jimbo, eight, 2013. eight years ago. Yeah, God, that, that was the last. Like champ- that was the last BCS game. So yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, it'll be great. I- I'm glad we have have that Sunday Monday game just because I'm gonna. Uh, I'm so annoyed that the NFL has a week break in between preseason and the first regular season, which it's fine. Like honestly, it's good for the Titans because. They've COVID. got the whole COVID thing going on, and you know they got some bumps and bruises here. So it'll give it'll give the NFL teams time to you know get healthy and get back to you know what the week one rosters should be. So, but the college football is it's I don't, there's no way you can even watch all the games. You just got to pick a few good ones and stick to you, it. This is this is when you start pulling out the three or four TVs and the laptop. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the, the classic. Two TV laptop Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm. I mean, I'm just so happy it's here. We got a few days, but I'm so I'm I'm pumped for to get everything going. And like I said, I think it was last week or the week before. I'm so excited to see all of the non-football college football stuff. The full stadiums, the pregame ceremonies, like the Vol Walk or all that kind of stuff. Tailgating. The tailgating, like. It's going to be so great to be back to normal as far as college football goes. That's what I'm, I'm not going to a game this week, but uh, I'm going to try and go to as many games as possible this Pitt, year. Pitt's going to be a big one. For Tennessee, and yeah. Kind of a, a little uh, foreshadowing here, but we could be doing some actual in-person filming 
at some game days. So, oh, yeah. Pay dirters, groundhogs, uh, dirt fans, roots. But be on the lookout there <laughs> for uh, some, nugget, some nugget. possible <laughs> cameos, some possible videos. Um, but yeah, a little teaser there for you guys. So get excited about that. Yeah, we're going to be all over it every weekend because this is what we live for. Last fall, even though it was just an, a weird year, all I did on Saturday and Sunday was watch football. All I did. And it was awesome. It's beautiful. And now this year, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do it as much as last year. I'm kind of sad, but still going to try and get as much in as I can. But, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see that Georgia-Clemson game. It's it's going to be a big-time thing. JT Daniels versus DJ. And, you know, I, I still think Kirby Smart's kind of a fraud. I mean, I, he, do too, I, I think he's a fraud. I, like, he recruits incredibly well, but he's just like a goofball, and he's made it to the big game, and they just lost. I don't know. I, Georgia. That's the thing. I actually I just think they're as, frauds. I have them as one of my playoff teams, but I'm kind of with you. I still don't think he's that great of a coach, which sounds insane to say. But, you know, I mean. They're just perennial favorites, and every year it feels like, okay, this is Georgia's year. No, it's this one. It's this one. And that's what they're saying this year. Like, okay, this is actually Georgia's year, and I still don't see it. They always just have oogles of talent, just a stupid yeah. amount of talent. That's and the, the bunch thing. Will transfer well, away, too. He's also, he got caught. There were phone calls recorded about him paying dudes like 30 grand or 60 grand yeah, or something. Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff. Did just nothing happened from that? No, I don't, I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. I mean, he's not the only one doing it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. when you get the something McDonald's like that comes out, Tennessee. I mean, yeah, it's not the first time, but I still think they're frauds. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll take a short break, and then when we come back, what do we want to talk? NFL. We'll talk a little yep. NFL. I believe top one hundred, maybe. Yeah. Top one hundred. Final preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll talk a little NFL. So and Titans. We'll come back right after this. Do you want to advertise on Paydirt Sports? If so, be sure to message us on Twitter at Paydirt underscore sports or on Instagram, Paydirt Sports one word, or go on to our website, paydirtsports.blog, and go to the Contact Us section and send us a message. Thanks. Welcome back into Paydirt Sports. Going to talk a little NFL for y'all. Reese, do you want to open up about, what are we, what are we looking at? Top 100 players came out recently. Well, yeah. Yeah. I can uh, I can list this off, and then Reese, why don't you uh, kind of give? Why don't we each give our opinion, and Reese, yeah. you kick us off after I give us the list, and uh, we'll do a little circle, yeah, opinion here. So uh, at number ten we have Josh Allen, number nine T.J. Watt, eight DeAndre Hopkins, seven we have Tom Brady, sixteen Devontae Adams, or six, excuse me, not sixteen, five Travis Kelsey. Number four, Derrick Henry, the king, the one and only. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Aaron Donald. And number one, finishing the list, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no shocker there with Patty Mahomes at number one. And I honestly, I think the top ten is pretty solid. And I'm not really mad about the top ten rankings. Um do I think Derrick Henry should have won the MVP? Yes. Do I think he should be ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers? Yes. But uh, being in the four spot, I'm not too mad about it. And being a fan of the NFL, I know way more than uh, the players who vote on their peers in this list. <laughs> That's so, actually very true. Yeah, there, I totally agree with that. There are a couple things that I'm upset about with the top 100 list. And most notably, I'm going to say... Justin Jefferson, I think he's an awesome player. He got ranked at 53, but being ranked at 53, I know he set the rookie record um, for receiving yards last year, but I think, I don't know what the NFL players are thinking. A.J. Brown has had two monster seasons under his belt, and this may be just like my Titans bias. Playing through injury. Yeah, playing through injury, and he's just insane. And I feel like everybody... During the regular season, guys who talk about fantasy on TV, other other teams, they're like, we've got a game plan around A.J. Brown. He just has these insane catches, he the insane yards after catch that he does every game. And for him to be almost 10 spots behind Justin Jefferson kind of upsetting me. 
Um, but I guess that's what it is. I mean, these NFL players don't know what they're talking about. My problem going with the A.J. Brown thought you had is that D.K. Metcalf is 22. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. A.J. Brown is better than D.K. Metcalf. I yeah, think he is I too. agree. He's DK a more Metcalf, complete wide receiver. Yeah, DK Metcalf is a freak. Yeah, cool. And he and he's good. Yeah, he yeah he tackled Buddha Baker. That is the sickest thing ever. Like, like, who cares? Don't get me wrong. He is a good NFL receiver. But very very good. Like should be in on this list. Insane. But AJ Brown is better than him. If AJ Brown is fifty three, no, let me say this. If DK Metcalf is twenty two, AJ Brown has to be up there in the top twenty five yeah. somewhere. Agreed. I mean, I get it. It's all. Cl- I mean. It's media stuff and it's all hype, like. But it's just stuff to make us talk about NFL when it's not yeah. the regular season yet. I mean, there were a couple of things that I didn't really like about this list. So first, T.J. Watt top ten. I don't know about that. I think yet. Joey Bosa is better than T.J. Watt or Khalil Mack. Maybe. Oh yeah, Khalil Mack is a beast. I watched the video on him, Bosa. and all the guys are just talking about how Khalil Mack is insanely strong and like. His moves, he just he yeah. just make guy he makes guys professional offensive linemen in the NFL. Cleo uh, Mack makes them look silly on a week in and week out basis, and he plays for the Bears. Yeah, yeah and he I came agree. in at uh, twenty three. It looks like, and I think Henry should be flip flopped with Rodgers. I'm fine with having Rodgers in the top five, but I think Henry should be three. And then, I mean, I I get it because I mean it is a quarterback league. Yeah, and but I also think Aaron Donald should be number one. I think. Mahomes is the makes the biggest effect of any player in the NFL, but the mm-hmm. truly best player yeah. is Aaron Donald. He's a yeah. freak. Yeah. He is just a freak. I mean, you hear from every offensive lineman. I mean, he gets triple teamed every single play. Like it's it's crazy yeah. the attention that yeah. guy draws. And you're not the only person that thinks that. I watched yeah. Yeah. I watched the five minute long video about Aaron Donald, and there are you know a bunch of guys who vote on these players. His their peers, they were saying, "Who do you think is number one?" They say Aaron Donald. Like they say that he is the best player at his position out of all the other positions. Like by far, yeah, by far, he's just an animal. And I feel like I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't appreciate Aaron Donald enough. I actually had a problem with the top ten. Also, mine was Josh Allen. Though is mm. Josh yeah. Allen. I mean, I think he's top 20. I think, I he's, think really he's top good. 20. I can agree. Is he better than Russell Wilson, though? I, I Okay, I, I don't it's think... It's recency bias. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I don't think he's better than Russell Wilson. He had a better season than Russell Wilson. Yeah, last Which, year. Well, but, and I kind of get... That is... I mean, if you come out with a poll like this every year, it is kind of who had the best season. I don't know. Well, you don't have to look at it like that, I guess. Because will you look it's at supposed it? Who to be do you the think top is going to be the players. top one hundred going into this next season? So I think it's fair to say Josh Allen doesn't deserve to be in that top ten because I think his stats are going to come down to the mean a little bit. He's not going to quite have the most insane year like he did last year. So yeah, I, I kind of agree there. I don't know if he should be in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There there were some other ones that just kind of frustrated me like I don't know why Jamal Adams is ranked 31st is it is it just because that like he all he does is blitz yeah that's all he does and I'm a football expert and that's all he does (laughs) he got paid too and I you know I've been on the Fred Warner train for a long time and when I say a long time I've been on it for like a year Fred Warner's an awesome linebacker so I thought him coming in at 21 was well-deserved. Um, what do you guys think? Dalvin Cook at 20, Nick Chubb at 26. I'm fine with that since Henry is at four. Like, I think... Are you asking... Are you thinking Chubb should be ahead of Dalvin Cook? I kind of... Yeah, I kind of do. Well, Chubb has been... Hasn't he been right behind Henry the past couple of years? Yeah. In the rushing yeah. title. But race? Dalvin Cook is a really good Dalvin yeah. pass really good. catcher and as a running back. So. Yeah, correct. And he well, he always, could, misses, some he always misses some games, which yeah. you could either count in his favor or, or against, against him. Yeah. yeah, you could really go either way. It depends on how you look at it. Because I, I, I think Nick Chubb is really good. Yeah, he's awesome. 
I, I mean, it, it actually, in my mind, he is the second best back behind Henry. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I just okay. This okay. Last thing for me about the top one hundred. Kyler Murray ranked number thirty nine. I understand that he's lightning fast and he jukes crazy. Like he's like a video game cheat code when he's running the ball, but. I don't think he's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. And I know Justin Herbert has only played one season, but he was on a like kind of mediocre Chargers team last year, and he lit it up as a rookie. Yeah. As a rookie. I, I mean, I think he's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. I, mean, I could see it. I could I see it. I don't know. That's it's just so, my opinion. It's so subjective, though. It's tough to nail down the exact yeah. top 100 list. But yeah, but there's, there's some guys who just – I think are way off. Well, I like a guy who I really like and I think is a top 100 player, but Aaron Jones coming in at 30? Yeah. That I seems seem, a little I mean, high. He's maybe top 50, top 60. He's ahead of, well, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was hurt all year, but. You know. Right, right. Well, that's what is funny. I remember uh, J.J. Watt got listed super high one year that he didn't even play in, and he tweeted out about it. This list is a joke. I didn't even play this year, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't. J.J. Watt's a joker, but I just don't like him because he played for the Texans for so long. Anyways, top 100. Derrick Henry's number four. That's really all that matters. Yeah. I mean. Overall, Titans. Some Titans. I like where uh, Big Jeff Simmons is. I mm -hmm, think A.J.'s mm -hmm. a little underrated. Um, Tannehill's definitely underrated. Definitely. I mean, we've kind of come to expect that as Titans. Yeah, Tannehill's behind Baker Mayfield. That's garbage. So garbage. Tannehill has had, like, top five stats the past I mean, two seasons. Had, Ryan Tannehill had 40 touchdowns, 33 passing, seven rushing, to seven interceptions. You know? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Just a crazy ratio. Anyways, I mean, I, I do like talking about the top 100. I, I enjoy watching it. Uh, it's cool to see, like, behind the fourth wall of players talking about each other which we don't really see much during the regular season so it's fun to look at and you know like i said i know way more than the players themselves since i watch them on tv yeah well and this is this is why they make it right for guys like us to just chat about to just and argue yeah, about. BS about it yeah because yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> i mean patrick mahomes got a trophy cool but like yeah a, a week from now like or two weeks from now nobody's gonna give a damn when it's the first regular season game and the kickoff happens. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's who shows out week in and week out and they're trying to win that Super Bowl. So, going along with it. top players, though, why don't we talk a little fantasy? Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I think one of my drafts went well. One uh, didn't go so well. And then uh, us three, the three boys in the studio here, we have a draft or a, a league that we're in tomorrow so uh next week you might get a, a little update there um, it'll be interesting me, me and reese our trivia team which actually went back to back last week we caterpillar won baby dynasty has to start our dynasty can, yeah. well i guess the dynasty is started. it's already it's already once begun you, once you go back to back it's it's been started so we're trying to keep that going we will not be abandoning our trivia team so we will be taking our laptops to ml rose trivia and Drafting while playing trivia. Yeah, the draft starts at seven. Trivia starts at seven. So we'll be multitasking. Yep, we can do it because we're football guys. Football guys and brain power guys. Yeah, a lot of brain power. But anyway, Trucial, do you have any any sleepers? Any guys? Maybe first few yeah, round. Picks, so I'll kind of talk through my my team. Do a quick overview here of what I was thinking. So I kind of went with some guys that had. Down years that I think could bounce back. So, for example, I have Lamar Jackson at QB, Ezekiel Elliott at running back, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham at receiver. Um, so I kind of went with some guys that those maybe some, had a those little are some bit names. Yeah, I mean I have a lot name of drop. big names on the team, but we'll see how they perform. But a couple of sleepers that I have: um, Devontae Smith, Debo Samuel, and Marquez Callaway. I kind of have three receivers tucked away here that, mm. well, if Odell Beckham and Mike Evans, they don't really end up working out. Brady takes a step back. Odell's Odell doing his breaks his other stuff leg. Again. I have a lot of wide receiver sleepers stuck on here on the on the bench there, 
and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's kind of uh, some of the big name players to be on be on the lookout for. Dude, I love Debo Samuel. I just love him as a player. He's just oh, yeah. so fun to watch. Kind of like he's he. You never know. He could be so, he's when he could just bust a highlight on you. Because is he does he return also? I think, he does pun- the- I think he does punts. Okay. Or he has done punts. Yeah, I don't know if he will again. And is Devontae Smith, is he hurt? Yeah, I was I was curious about that. I mean, obviously Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, he's electric. But in an unproven Philadelphia Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts, I mean, he could be a dark he's he's a dark horse, but we'll, well I hope he does well because we it'd be awesome know. to see. Minshew. We don't know. Yeah, no. Minshew. 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 No, no. They right. brought they brought Gardner Minshew in to be the third string because Joe Flacco's contract is up next year, and they're gonna he's gonna be the second string a Dude, year from I now. I think Minshew is a lot better than people think. I think Minshew is the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, in my opinion. I think he's gonna be the journeyman guy. The journeyman guy. He he's starts everywhere. He's good enough to start on a team that doesn't have a quarterback or doesn't have a franchise quarterback. But they don't want to make him their franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's I think the that's bridge what's about guy. To he's the perfect bridge guy. Because he's a gamer. I saw that in Jacksonville. He well, came he out, beat, and it wasn't like he it was, beat the Titans when we still had Mariota two years ago. Well, and it wasn't like it was Tebow when Tebow was winning games. Like Gardner was playing quarterback and doing a serviceable yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. It was. People used to argue the Tebow thing. Oh, he's winning games, and his stat line would just be horrible. Be six yeah. for fourteen. And, and I'm, a, I'm a Tebow. Thirty-eight guy. Like rushing Tebow. yards, but yeah. But Devontae Smith, I don't know. I hope he does well because he's awesome. We'll see. But uh, Reese, do you have any uh, maybe sleepers or guys who you think are going to bounce back? You know, I mean, I, here's a good. I, here's something good. If you guys listening haven't done your drafts. The Washington football team defense, I, I got them on one of my teams. I think they're going to be really good. They're like a top three or four defense in the league. And if you can sneak them in in like a later round when everybody else is, you know, getting a tight end or whatever, they put up a lot of points as far as defense goes. Their defensive line is full of monsters. They've got solid linebackers and solid secondary. They cause a lot of interceptions. They force a lot of fumbles. And I think if you need some help, you know, other than a flex player or something, the Washington football team defense can give you some points. Um, also, I took C.D. Lamb. I was trying to get C.D. There were there were a I, decent I, amount of players I missed on. And, and it's, not a, it's not a sleeper pick. Everybody knows C.D. Lamb is awesome. But God willing, Dak Prescott is healthy. Dak, Dak was having an unreal season before. Yeah. You just got to hope it's a cramp, don't you? Um so if he comes back and he's super healthy and he does well and the offensive line can hold up, he's going to be tossing dimes to CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb is nuts. CeeDee yeah. Lamb is going to be a top 10 wide receiver after this season. That's my take. And he's got Amari Cooper on the other side to draw some of the, some of the attention away. Yeah, and Michael so. Gallup is no slouch. Yeah. I have a couple guys who aren't – they're not necessarily sleepers, but maybe they were injured – or their production is similar to those of players who were in the top 100 or players who are considered pro bowlers. And I think of a guy like Austin Eckler. Yes. Yeah, I was that's, I, I was also thinking about leagues. him. And then I'm thinking about, well, actually, he was a top 100 player, Corey Davis on the Jets. Yeah. I could see. He could if, have a bigger role. If Zach Wilson, I think he could end up being Zach Wilson's favorite receiver. Well, I think he's looked oh, like it in the preseason. Yeah, he he's looked really good, and he kind of seems like their guy. I think Elijah yeah. Moore is going to be pretty good. So I think that kind of, you know, not not everyone's going to be necessarily keying on him the whole time. It gives enough of a balance to where Corey can make some plays. I, and he's yeah. had a couple. Bait, I mean, he was he, he was up, just he shy of almost a thousand, thousand yards. Last year. So I could see him. His big thing is he's uh, got to get in the end zone a little more. Yeah. yeah. But, and he's had some bad drops too. I feel like. Yeah, but maybe, maybe I mean, maybe that's all he needed was a kind of change scenery, different team, and maybe we'll see. I, I think Corey Davis makes me a little bit nervous after watching him on the Titans for the past several years, just because he's had some injury troubles and you know his production. It was great last year for the most part, but 
I don't know. I think if you could get him as a bench player, not a starting wide receiver or well, something like that. I think if you could sneak him in in a later round and get him as a bench player, Corey Davis is a solid option. That's what I say. I think you can get him in a later round. Take a flyer on him and see if he ends up being that guy. I think he, yeah. can, I think he can end up being somewhat of a steal, kind of. Yeah. But, but then again, he plays for the Jets, so it's kind of a little, That's also, a little silly to, to think about that. that. <laughs> a guy like Austin Eckler, though, I really like. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he was healthy. I think he was injured for a few games last year. Yeah, yeah. He, he was. But I think his, got some snaps. his like average yards per touch were similar to Kamara's. So if he can stay healthy, he can be a guy that gets you a lot of points and a guy that you can get in a later round. Both of these guys, actually, Eckler could probably be a starter for you, depending on your team. Flex. Both of them would be great bench players, though. Great guys to have if you're not feeling too good about someone else. Yeah. So. Eckler's going pretty high. I mean, he went... Uh, I think a lot of people have that take. Yeah, so I, think, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's... He's yeah. going, like, top 15 in both of my leagues. Yeah, he, okay. he went off pretty early yeah. in mine, too. People are, uh, people are catching up with that. Another one that's kind of a sleeper, I guess. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, let's do a little quick questionnaire. What team does he play for now, if you guys know? I think I saw this. Was it? It's not the Saints. Is he That's on correct. The, is it the Saints? No, it's not. No, no, no. It's, it's correct. The, it yeah, is not the Saints. That was the last no, one okay. he was on. Is he on the Chargers? No. Emmanuel Sanders now plays for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, so, Josh when a very high-rated top 100 Stephon Diggs is getting a lot of attention from the team, the opposing team's best cornerback, Emmanuel Sanders... That's kind of a good spot going for to be Probably on the other side, you know, he's going to probably split time with Cole Beasley. But he's a guy that I think Josh Allen's going to target, and he's going to get. He may not have insane yardage, but I think he, he can be an end zone guy. Yeah. yeah. So How if old? you can pick him up, he's getting older. He's probably like I don't know, thirty-one or something. Oh, I think like thirty-five or thirty-four. What? There's no way. No, look Emmanuel that up because he's been on what the Steelers the. Broncos. Yeah, Steelers, Broncos. He was drafted in 2011, I want to say. Drafted 2010. He's 34. I mean, he's not. He's a touchdown guy. That's all I said. Yeah. No, I get you. Julio's no, if, you, if you want him so. as like your fifth wide receiver, get him. He might score a touchdown when another guy on your team is having a bye week. So, And a guy like, pretty much a guy who's going off number one in every board for a PPR league. Kamara, or I mean uh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey is what I've seen. Well, and he's interesting because, right, he was injured for a lot last and year. So Donald's been playing well. That's one guy that I wanted to talk talk about a little bit, too, in the preseason. He's been passing well. C-Mac could be back, but it's also risky. Well, he's gone from the Jets, so what if – and I was a guy who, <laughs> coming out of college, I loved Sam Darnold. I'm a USC quarterback guy, I guess. Barkley, Darnold, come Mark on. Mark Sanchez, butt fumble. Butt fumble, but – I could see Darnold really kind of starting to get in groove in his career. And I hope he does. I, I mean, he has all the talent in the world, I believe. It's just, can he put it together? I mean, you see that all the time. Guys with tons of arm talent, just for whatever reason, don't get it figured out. I could see him starting to get get in a groove this year. Uh, a crazy thing. Somebody took Kyler Murray, number two overall, in my draft the other day. That- Number I two would, overall, Kyler Murray. I wish that person Christian McCaffrey was, in my was still on the board. And playing Christian McCaffrey was still insane. on the board, and he took Kyler Murray. I heard, uh, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day that they were in a PPR league, and someone picked Derrick Henry number one. Oh. That's not the bright. And even all of us as very big Titans fans. No, you don't you pick probably, him number one pick in Henry. a PPR no, league. No, not number no. one. Henry should go top five, probably top six. But I mean, he's going to score points and other, but that's not the. But Kamara and McCaffrey are just in a PPR league going to score more points than Henry. It's as simple as that. Speaking of Kamara, speaking of the Saints, one of my favorite guys to always pick in a PPR league back in the day was Sproul, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, yes. well, yeah, because he touched the ball like a thousand times a game. Yeah, well, and he would even return, and even though that didn't, if, exactly. I think it was if he if you score a touchdown on a return. The, that player gets points. Yeah, I think so. I think the special teams, it's defense and special teams and that one player. And I remember why I had a, I had him in a game, and it was when Breeze was just throwing him dump passes all game. Scr- and then screens, he, and yeah. then he took a punt back to the house. I was going nuts. I was like, this, I'm a genius for picking this guy. Yeah. I took Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I hope he doesn't get injured. 
So that just makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, and if he doesn't, I mean, he was having... If he doesn't, he's going to go off. And it's I was going to say, he was having one of the best years of anyone yeah. uh, before he I got was, hurt I was year. really happy that I got him, even though the injury stuff makes me nervous, but He's we'll going to be good. But uh, why don't we kind of finish it out with a little bit of Titans talk here? I mean, uh, we, we, we're we kind of homers here a little bit, so we got to at least get our Titans well, talk I, in. I think, I think a lot of our fan base are also Titans fans. Yeah, so, so we're, we're catering to our The Australian our listeners. Here. So it's interesting because we have a few guys up for spots. A few yeah. guys at skill positions that yep. are good players that might may not make it and make in their case. I've talked about a guy who may not make the team in Cam Batson. Yeah, but he showed up. He did Saturday. So. Well, and it's crazy. still playing well too. They're he's right they're there all Batson. playing as if you know they deserve. If if it was another year, they'd be shoo-ins to make this team. But you just have everyone balling out, and it's not even just the receivers. Even guys like Makai Sargent. Yeah, guys playing running, running back. back. You know, you got to wonder if it's not only it's it starts to get how many running backs you're going to take and how many receivers are you going to take. Yeah. Well, because right. then you have a guy, didn't Marcus Johnson get hurt? He is hurt. And that would suck because all I've heard out of camp is Marcus Johnson. He's been the story of camp. He's been yeah, kind of the yeah, camp guy in, who's really showed yeah, out. Yeah, but injuries have plagued him his entire career. Right, so. so that's what I'm saying. I mean, that may end up kind of screwing him over. Yeah. yeah. But. Oh, two big things I want to mention about the Titans. So, the Titans finished the preseason ranked number one in the NFL in yep. points scored on I offense with 81 over the three games, and they finished the preseason ranked number one in the NFL in total defense. No, I didn't stutter. The Titans, now it is preseason, so it didn't doesn't really you know mean a whole lot, but they finished preseason ranked number one in the NFL in total defense, allowing just 199 yards per game. So the Titans are Super Bowl bound uh, yeah, just by this now. preseason alone. Lock it in I mean, that is pretty insane. I mean, it's insane. 199 yards. Yeah, under 200 nice. yards a game. If we held that in the regular season, could you, like... I mean, I know it's I know it's backups, but it's still just something to look at. Yeah, yeah. but like I said, I think last week, if our backups are better than yours, we're going to be better. I mean, the depth, it just shows you the depth is there, right? Yeah, and what, I mean, I don't know. It's preseason. We don't really know what it means. But if this is, like, you know, the number one defense in the preseason, if this trend maintains, you know, their, their top 10, top 5 defense this year. Oh my. What a We're turnaround from last year where the Titans defense was just the most Atrocious. Achilles heel of Achilles heels. I mean, we were trying to beat teams 45-42. Yeah. The third down, the third and long defense. Oh my god, our third down defense historically bad. Was I would so have rather bad. been in third and three than third and eighteen because you knew they were going to throw a twenty-five <laughs> yard bomb or laser every single time. It was, I mean, it was it was something so I had painful. never seen before. It, it was crazy. It'll be interesting to see the DB situation that you now yeah. that you mentioned that because a guy like we talked about Elijah Molden, he's been playing very looks well. like he might and even he might play be himself more, into a starting spot. Yeah, yeah, getting more snaps than Caleb Farley, which... Or even a guy even a guy no, like Christian Fulton. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was Fulton, saying. Fulton, I think, is going to be really good. Or not... I mean, he's not going to be all pro, but he'll be solid. Well, that's what I'm saying, is they keep talking about how much better he is, and yeah. I think he is, and he might not start, which tells me just we're yeah. going to have a good defense, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and Elijah Molden plays, uh, as they say, with his hair on fire. Literally, he is well, not literally, but yes, he is Honey Badger Jr. I'm officially coining him Honey Badger Jr. We'll see. Uh, come back to me after week uh, eight, and we'll see how Elijah Molden is doing. He does actually kind of play like Honey Badger, and I just keep the the comparison of Corlin Finnegan just kind of sticks in my head. Uh, just yeah. kind of a nose in the dirt kind of guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just isn't afraid to get his hands dirty and get in there and sack the quarterback too. That's what I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to see some corner blitzes. Ooh. I mean he, he yeah. He's gonna be sick. He crawled under those blocks in preseason week two against the Tampa Bay. So uh another thing about Titans preseason, Will Dundon, our gracious host, is in love with Matt Barkley. Yeah. He, I mean, he said it earlier, the USC quarterbacks, there's something about him. Yeah, there's something about him. He's got that blonde hair, something about number 14. He is a good-looking guy. He's, I'll it, give him that. I mean, I will say it looks like uh, Woodside, like Woodside might probably have that yeah. backup spot yeah. locked up. Last week, you were all over. Well, I thought he looked good, and some people were kind Marking. of starting to to 
to talk that maybe maybe he was challenging Woodside for the starting spot. But I think this past game we saw Woodside's probably got it. Yeah. I mean, we need both of them. I mean, well, I was going to say, I guess Barkley would be on the practice squad most likely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, another team could get him. That's what I would say. If you release I, him, he can go to waivers and another team could get him. But Yeah, maybe. And that would have to be a situation where a team took three quarterbacks probably. I don't know I don't of another we, team. Yeah, I don't. I don't know of another team that – well, what injuries are going to happen, so... Yeah, that's that's what it would come down to. Yeah. We'll have to see who gets injured. I think Woodside is a little more athletic. Well, and he's been here longer. He knows the system. He's got the relationship with the coaches, and, you know, he's got, I mean, as much timing as you can say with the receivers. He's got way more timing with these guys than Matt Barkley does, only being here for, like, two or three weeks. I'm fairly confident in Woodside... Say Tannehill got hurt for a game or two. I'm pretty confident in Woodside going in against a lesser opponent and, and he can being win. able to hand it off to Derrick Henry and throw a few play action yeah. passes and just kind of manage the game and get a win. Yeah, so and that's, all you, that's, that's all you that's can all you ask for. Do. I mean, yeah. in a backup, if he plays two games, all you can ask for is he goes 500. Really? Yeah, honestly. I yeah, mean, if we if Tannehill's out for two games and he goes one and one, it's exactly what you want. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you would want 2-0, but 1-1 one one is something you would definitely take. Yeah, but I'm excited about the Titans, so... We're I'm excited. The, I'm excited we're the best for... preseason team this year, so... Well, that Baltimore. Means, that means a lot. Well, that's true. The Baltimore Ravens... Uh, continue the streak. They, they've continued... 20-0. 20-0. The best preseason team of all time. Crown. John Harbaugh. Is it... Which one is the... Is it John? Yeah, yeah John John's the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the greatest preseason coach of all time. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Hanging in Canton. I'm excited for. I'm excited for the whole slate of college football games. I'll give uh, my gambling pick for this week is Friday night North Carolina minus five and a half against Virginia Tech. I just think I thought that line was a little fishy, and maybe it is. Maybe it, I'm looking at it work not how I should, but I just think Sam Howell and them. They're going to come out, light it up, score a lot of points, and yeah. I just don't think Virginia Tech's going to be able to keep up. I definitely could see them winning by a touchdown. I would have thought, if I really would have thought they would win by two possessions, 10 or 14, you know. But we'll see. I mean, it's week one, crazy things happen. So yeah. we'll have to take a look at that one, but that's my pick. Hopefully we can even it out after that bad beat on the Huskers last week. <laughs> Not really a bad beat, just Pain. a bad pick. Pain. Pain. I have a little uh, pick of my own as well. And Sharp Money, or maybe it's public money by now. Sharp Money hasn't really come out with uh, any of their plays, but has gone the opposite way. But I'm thinking under 61.5 Thursday night game, Tennessee Bowling Green. I mean, that just seems like a lot of points to me. It's week one. We know it's sloppy. I know Josh Heupel is supposed to come in here and revitalize the offense. Joe Milton was announced as the starter. That had a definite effect on the total, but... We're not going to score 50 points. I don't think Bowling Green is going to score 20 points. You you got to take the under here. So I could definitely see a good 41-17 game or 45-13. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't. I could see Bowling Green scoring two touchdowns. But we're so not. Gonna... I just don't see. I mean, 41-20 would get it done for you. You know. Yeah. I just don't see the Vols scoring much. I don't see fifty. That's what that's what it really comes no. down to. I see forty to forty five in there. I mean, it'll be it's not a gimme, obviously, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't see that going over. Yeah, and that's not my pick though. So oh. let that be known. Yeah. Okay. Well and as a well noted huge gambling guy, I'm gonna give our listeners a mortal lock of betting the under in the Indiana-Iowa game. Okay. The total is 46.5. Those two teams are a classic Big Ten, like... A dirty Big Ten game. A dirty, nasty, trenches Big Ten game where it's just like 10-7 to at the end. I'm totally hammering the under on 46.5, Iowa and Indiana. I like it. Yeah, me too. We're going to ride with it. We'll see. We'll see. We got games coming up in a couple days. We'll be watching. I hope you all will too. Guys, uh, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Check us out anywhere Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends. 
Tell your friends. Give us, a, they, give us a rating, too. Your, your friends need to know about our immense football knowledge. They do. I agree. If they don't have anything to do while they're at work and they need another podcast because they've listened to all their other ones, put us on there. Put your friends on us. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, yeah, DM articles us. you'd like us to write, DM us, paydirt underscore sports on Twitter, paydirt sports on Instagram, go on our website, paydirtsports.blog. Anything you'd like to see, just let us know. We'd be happy to oblige, oblige to the fans. Guys, it's been real. Let's have a great weekend of football. We'll see you next week. Football's back. We're here, baby. Tighten up.